breaking news concerning the U.S. economy. Official figures show that more than one in a My wife yelled out, Novella, get it! And my daughter pounced and finally scooped up a salamander in her hands that she'd been wanting to get for a long time. See, my family, during the social distancing time, we've been going down to this pond, um, and my daughter's been taking the temperature of the, of the pond, of the mud, and of the air, and just keeping track of it. She's like a little scientist. And um, there's all this life. There's tadpoles, and there's fish, and... Um, there's ducks and there's salamanders and my daughter's been wanting one so bad and finally she scooped one up tenderly, carefully with her hands and this is what she looked like. That is the look of total joy and life. She's, my, my wife wouldn't go near the salamander, she'd just take a picture. But my daughter is so excited. That's life right there. And Jesus said this interesting statement. He said, I came that they may have life and life to the full. This picture reminds me of that saying, the idea that God wants us to have life. Welcome to Whitewater. If you've never been here, this is a place you can belong before you believe. And that means that you can explore faith in community um, before you believe what we believe. And our goal is just to simply help everyone take the next step on their spiritual journey. We are stepping into a new sermon series, and this is what it's called, How to Find peace of mind. Uh, with this crazy storm that's hit our world with COVID-19, it, it, this is very hard to find these days, peace of mind. So how do we find that together? Um, I had a new car uh, and I wanted to put some old wheels on it. I had these old wheels that were trusty old wheels. And so I, I popped these wheels onto the new car. We, I went driving, did the stuff that I would normally do, parked it at home. The next day, the next morning, I came out to see my new car with these tires totally flat. And upon closer inspection, what I found was the tires, didn't. I hadn't run over any nails. I hadn't done anything to cause uh, damage to the tires. What, what had happened was the pressure of the, the new car on the old tires had revealed that there were already cracks in these tires. The pressure revealed it. Here's an important statement. Pressure doesn't always create the cracks. It reveals them. And so it is in our life. COVID-19 is a storm. It's a pressure. It's a time that we're going through a pressure cooker. And it's not always causing the cracks. Even though it does that, it often reveals the cracks in our lives that are already there, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically even. And this series is going to be helping us capture a vision of restoration of health and life that is given to us by Jesus. Here's the purpose of this series. The first thing is we want to explore Jesus' vision for a life of wholeness and peace. The second thing is we, we want to be removing the stigma around mental and emotional health. The third thing is we want to be moving on our journey with Jesus toward a life 
of wholeness and peace. Jesus had a unique vision, and some of you might be at a point where you are exploring or you've just started following Jesus, and you might have questions about what that looks like or whether it's trustworthy. And I want to encourage you to send us a message on social media or at this email address right here, ask at whitewaterchurch.org. And we want this to be interactive, so we want to be answering questions even on um, Sunday services like this. Let's jump in to the sermon today. And the first thing, again, is let's explore Jesus' vision for a life of wholeness and peace. Um, Jesus had a very unique vision for human life, ethically, morally, spiritually, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally. I mean, you just go through the gamut. His vision was unique. There was no other philosophical teacher, no other religious teacher that has ever taught um, what Jesus has taught. And no other teacher has not only taught it, but lived it out with integrity and then died on behalf of his followers so that they could have that kind of life. It's totally unique. And I want to encourage you to move forward and explore this. Um, the verse from John chapter 10 is so powerful. Uh, this is a theme verse for this series. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I love that. Have life to the full. The Greek word for the, for life used in this, in this verse is Zoe. It's Zoe life. It's the idea of wholeness and fullness and joy and peace and abundance. It's, it's like this overflowing goodness that God wants for our life. And I love that picture that, that Jesus gives us. Um, and for our purposes, when we are talking about Zoe life, we're going to be using the term uh, life of wholeness and peace. And when Jesus is talking about that, he's talking about some um, dimensions of our life. Um, and here's a few of the categories. This isn't all of them, but these are some important ones. Mental health, relational health, emotional health, physical health, and spiritual health. And Jesus had a holistic vision for the human experience and the human reality. Let me ask you this. In your life right now, are there any cracks in the tires? Are you seeing any cracks in your life mentally, relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically even? Because when the pressure comes, it doesn't always just cause the cracks in our life. It reveals them. The second purpose for this sermon series is removing the stigma around mental and emotional health. Uh, there's been this unfortunate barrier that has come up in religious circles, but I'd say even in uh, everyday circles, where we kind of separate um, the spiritual and the physical. And in church, what's happened is physical, emotional, mental um, health have been separated sometimes from like spirituality. And for Jesus, there was never any barrier. All of that was connected. All of that was spiritual. And so the first thing um, I think that's really important for us to know about this series is that Jesus led the world in removing stigma. And so the church, I believe, needs to lead in removing stigma as well. If Jesus led in that area, the church certainly needs to lead in removing stigma uh, for emotional and mental health. Um, it's not a sin to be sick. Let me repeat that. It's not a sin to be sick. No one bats an eye talking about like 
stomach health, or even like in my family, like gut health. No one bats an eye. No one bats an eye about talking about, you know, kidney health or uh, their, their skin health. But when it comes to talking about brain health, emotional health, mental health, um, that's where people kind of, there's a lot of stigma and fear around. No one even bats an eye talking about medication if you need it for your stomach or your kidneys or your liver. But when it comes to brain health, people are often afraid to talk about medication. Um, and it's not a sin to be sick. And here's another thing. Removing social shame helps to heal hidden pain. There are so many people that are, they're hiding their pain emotionally and mentally, even physically. Um, they're hiding it because there's such a, a great deal of social shame around those areas. I've had family members that have suffered silently for years, afraid to share that they may be struggling with this emotionally, struggling with this spiritually, and especially struggling with something mentally. They're afraid of the social ramifications in their church or their work or their friendship circles. And we can help lead in the way of Jesus by removing those stigmas. Jesus didn't come to just hang out with people who are all healthy and well. Jesus came to heal those of us who are sick. And I think all of us struggle with some kind of brokenness. And if removing social shame helps to heal hidden pain, then we don't have to fake it to fit in. We don't have to fake it to fit in. And in churches, this can happen so easily where we put on the mask that everything's great, everything's good, nothing's bad. And, and Jesus, he shows us a way forward where we can be authentic and real. And, and he's teaching us to become our most authentic selves. And we can, we don't have to fake it to fit in. We can be part of a church. We can learn to be open and honest about what's going on in our hearts and lives. And guys, in this sermon series, we're going to be learning how to do that, how to practice that, and lead in that as the church, because that's how Jesus led. The third purpose for this sermon series is, is really our journey with Jesus toward a life of wholeness and peace. We want to be moving forward with Jesus on that journey. And it's really important to know how to do that. What does that look like? And and, and I, here's the most beautiful thing. Jesus' life is a picture of wholeness and peace. His, he not only taught it, but his life was a picture for us to see as an example to follow. So what would it look like for us to begin taking on a life that looked like this wholeness and peace? Well, there's a passage in the book of Matthew that it, it paints us a, an ancient picture um, from the book of Isaiah that's written 700 years before Jesus was born about who Jesus was and his ministry. And Jesus even taught this himself. He said in the book of Matthew, he said this in Matthew chapter 12, look at my servant. He's quoting from the book of Isaiah. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him. God puts his spirit on Jesus. Um, and Jesus loves his heavenly father and his father loves him. And that means that God's humble servant of love creates a community, like a humble community of love. This teaches us that the church isn't supposed to be like judgmental, exclusive, and pushing people away. We're actually a a uh, healed community and healing community. All of us are in progress and process of being healed. Um, th this gives us permission for a few things. One, we're not here to be the medical experts. 
let me say that again. We're not here. I'm not a medical expert. And most of the church isn't um, medical experts. There's a few of us who have been trained for that. But what we do have and what we can offer the world is the humble way of Jesus, that we're growing as people of love. And we're, we are a community of love that provides a family, a community of healing. And while we're not, we're not experts, we are following and seeking the way of wholeness and peace together. And I think that's beautiful. And Matthew 12 goes on saying, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. And justice is the, uh, is the idea of God putting all things right and putting relationships in our world back right. And in verse 19 and 20, Jesus gives this picture of what his ministry prophesied 700, this is 700 year old writing about Jesus. And Jesus is saying, this is what the vision of life I have. This is, this is who I am. He says, he will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. And I love that image that Jesus draws on. The first in verse 19 is he's not going to fight or shout or draw attention to himself by raising his voice. Jesus' ministry is a ministry of gentleness. It's a, it's a, it's a ministry of self-control. And if people resist, if people don't like, he's not going to push back. He's not going to draw attention to himself. He's not going to be fighting with people. He's going to be drawing people toward him with love and gentleness. And, and I, I love that imagery. The gentleness of Jesus creates a gentle community. In verse 20, he says, I will not crush the weakest reed. I will not put out a flickering candle. It's this image of like a like a reed or something that's alive, that's that's broken, that's a bit damaged. And, and another translation says, he will not break that which is bruised. And there's this image for us as the church that we are people, all of us, who have brokenness. We're a community of brokenness. And Jesus is gentle, not harsh. His words are gentle, not harsh with those who are broken and bent and damaged and hurt. And he wants to bring healing to us. And I love, again, that this, this image helps us realize that there's no throwaway people. And it reminds me of, um, there's this big Greek friend I have. He's Greek. He's got big arms. His forearms are like my calves. It's just, I don't have the biggest calves, but this guy's just a beast. And he has hairy arms, just probably the hairiest arms I ever saw. And he's strong, athletic. And this guy started helping in the nursery when he had a little baby of his own. And it was amazing to see those rugged, hairy, strong arms exert total gentleness, total um, care and love with little kids in the nursery. He's the most gentle giant you ever saw, strength that was under control. And I love the image that Jesus was gentle and he's creating a gentle community. We love one another. We take care of one another, not harshly, but gently in the way of Jesus. Almost like that picture of my daughter holding up that salamander in her hands. She was gentle, but she was holding that thing. It's this, this idea that Jesus is so wonderfully gentle with all of us. This also means that God blesses broken people in our world. 
We're going to explore more of this as this as the series goes on. But God blesses broken people in our broken world. He doesn't disdain them. He doesn't run from them. He doesn't shut them out, doesn't exclude them. Uh, Jesus includes those who have been excluded or those who might even exclude themselves. Jesus blesses broken people in our broken world. And here's the beauty. He not only does that, but Jesus uses broken people to bless our broken world. Like he wants to use you and me in our brokenness. He, he, he loves using people who the world might not see value in or might not see um, an ability in, and he loves using that in us. And in fact, the, your deepest areas of pain are often the areas where God uses you most deeply to bless a broken world. Amen? I hope there's some amens out there in the room. So here's a quote from a, a pastor that I learn a lot from, I really appreciate, named Bruxy Cavey. He says this, if you happen to be happy, healthy, and have an, an intact ego and don't have a care in the world, God can still use you too. God loves to use the broken, but if your life's perfect, everything's together, he can still use you too. I love that. The gentleness of Jesus, the healing nature of Jesus also means that that mental and emotional health, it's a continuum, not a category of health. It's a spectrum, not just like one moment. And I, I love this idea because it means that we all have brokenness. We all have emotional and mental uh, health issues in our life. And sometimes we don't like talking about it. Sometimes we might not be aware of it. Sometimes we're hyper aware of it. We're hiding it. And, and we don't have to be afraid. All of us are on the spectrum and have areas of our life that are maybe doing super healthy and, and the health is good and sometimes the health isn't good. And many people don't know this about me, um, but an area of brokenness in my life is um, early in college, I had a panic attack. I didn't know what that was. Um, all of a sudden, I just started sweating. I, my heart was beating like crazy. I had adrenaline. I couldn't think straight. Um, just a feeling of dread and fear and anxiety was so heavy on me. I mean, I thought I was dying. I thought I was having a heart attack and I was going to heaven. And later I found out that was a panic attack. And it's something that will come up in my life. And I can try to manage it, but I can't manage it fully. Uh, sometimes it'll just come up. It can be um, stress-related, food-related. And that's a part of my life. Um, now, someone who may have had a real heart attack out there might be saying, oh, that's not, that's nothing. But to me, that was a big deal and is a big deal. And I'll like sometimes have dread and anxiety about having dread and anxiety about that. And I can't control it. Um, we're all on a continuum of mental health. It's not just a category. It's a continuum. It, it's a spectrum. And we can trust that we are a community of broken people moving toward wholeness and peace with Jesus. Matthew 12 goes on to say, finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And this leads to this point. Jesus brings wholeness and peace and his people bring wholeness and peace. As Jesus teaches this way of life and lived this way of life, he's teaching us, his disciples, to be bringers of wholeness and peace. And so we're not we're not trying to uh, fake it so we can fit in. Remember, we're not trying to stigmatize. We're not trying to run from things, you know, you know, put everything under the carpet and pretend it's not there. But we are to be a community bringing wholeness and peace and moving toward that together. Verse 21, it goes on to say, and his name will be 
the hope of all the world. I love that. The name of Jesus will be the hope of all the world. Jesus brings hope so that we can see and be hope to the world. Jesus brings his hope of, of making the world right and wholeness and peace so that we can see it and we can be hope to a, a world that's hurting, especially in the times we live in that no one was expecting, no one knew how to control, and the world's still trying to figure out with COVID-19 and, and the financial ramifications, all of that, we can see and be hope in. And I, here's something helpful about hope. Hope is not um, delusion or denial. We're not just pretending everything's good, everything's great, nothing's bad, right? Let's sweep it under the carpet. No, hope is not delusion or uh, self-deception or denial. Hope says this. Hope says it's bad right now, but I believe it will get better. It's bad right now. And it acknowledges the reality, but it says, I believe it will get better. Hope also says this. Hope says it's ugly right now, but the future is beautiful. You know, our house, um, right when COVID-19 started, we were in the middle of getting it, uh, the, a new roof put on. And because of all uh, and a variety of things, our house has had no roof for a long time, for a few weeks. And uh, we're acknowledging that the house is not good yet. It's not where we need it to be, especially with the rains coming here and there and coming this week. But we believe it will be better. We believe that it might be ugly right now, but we have a beautiful future. And that's because of Jesus. He gives us that hope. And some of you might be facing that financially. That financially, it looks bad. It looks ugly right now. That uh, physically, for your own health, it's bad. It's ugly right now. Uh, relationally, it might be bad. It might be ugly right now. But but it's going to get better. And the future is beautiful because of Jesus. Romans 15.13 has this beautiful verse. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in faith so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to note this. Jesus came to bring hope, to bring a wholeness and peace in our lives. And may that God fill you with joy and peace through faith when we trust in him, that God is putting the world right. Jesus is the one who showed us the way and lived the way and is the way to this kind of life, then all of a sudden we can begin overflowing. Now, overflowing is this idea of abundance and like like almost like a, a, a fountain that's just spouting water. And some of you guys are like, I feel like a desert right now. How can we talk about wholeness and peace when I feel like there's nothing, I have nothing to give? You know, my kids are driving me nuts, my family's driving me nuts, or I'm just depressed, I don't know what to do. How can we talk about this overflowing, abundant um, joy and hope in the Lord? And sometimes hope doesn't start as like this bursting fountain. It starts with just a trickle, just a little bit, just looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, looking to the joy that's set before us so that we can go through the crisis and like Jesus did, go through the cross, go through the hardship and go through the challenge. It starts with a trickle of hope that leads toward, you know, just a little bit of taste of joy and and peace in our own hearts. And then it just starts building from there. And guys, I want to encourage you to step into this journey of wholeness and peace with Jesus. I want to introduce you to a couple friends who are going to be joining us 
for this journey. Hi, I'm Cody Bosarge. I have bipolar one disorder. I'm Jay Diller. I am a counselor with telehealth counseling. Hi, my name's Rennell Whalen, and I have struggled with mental illness my entire adult life. Hi, I'm Kate Konzelman, and I am the founder and uh, mental health counselor at Well Counseling. Whitewater is a community of Jesus. We are pursuing wholeness and peace with Jesus. I want to encourage you to take this journey with us. Would you join us on this journey with Jesus to a life of wholeness and peace? And Jesus doesn't ask us to be perfect people. He just wants us to be growing people. And I want to invite you to take a step of faith. Um, this step can be for you and it can be for maybe some friends. The first step is, would you just join us over the coming weeks uh, to build a vision of health and life for you? And the second thing is, would you invite somebody who could use hope and a vision for uh, peace and wholeness in their life? Guys, I love you so much. Hey.